How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen, or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict everywhere. And so the law is paralyzed. Injustice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous. So justice is perverted. How long, O oh Lord? I've been told that Habakkuk is the place to turn when I'm hurting, when there's evil, when I'm in times of darkness, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Men and women, counselors in the, in the Lord, counselors in the word, who I respect have said, here's a place to go, and I guess I get it. He's, he cries out what I'm crying out today. How long, O oh Lord? I can pray that prayer. This past year, I think everybody could pray that prayer. This past year would have tried the patience of Job. It would have tested the faith of Abraham himself. So how do you expect me to get through this? I'm not the most gifted prayer warrior. I'm not the greatest man of faith like Abraham. So how long, O oh Lord? I pray this prayer together with Habakkuk. And I ask you, God, please, please, please bring this pandemic to an end. You said through Ezekiel, you said to Ezekiel that you don't delight in the death even of the wicked. And yet death seems to be the dominant theme. Even this past week, these horrible images, Lord, coming out of India. People dying in the parking lots of hospitals as their loved ones beg with exhausted doctors and nurses for treatment that just isn't available. How can you let that go on? They're dying so fast, Lord, that they have to burn the bodies in mass funeral pyres. This can't be your will. You said you don't delight in the death of the wicked. So how is this not praying that your will be done? How long, O oh Lord? And Lord, here at home, we see cases spiking in, in Michigan, New Jersey, Delaware, all around the country. And as they do, our nation fractures politically. How should we respond? How do we move forward? Whether we should even not, or not vaccinate. COVID is not just killing people, it's killing our union. And perhaps even more worrisome, COVID seems to have gutted the church, Lord. Worship is a shadow of what it once was. Fellowship has been dramatically affected. And our unity, we're debating on how to handle it and how to live in the light of this. So how long, Lord, until you act, until you do something? Habakkuk speaks of violence and conflict. Lord, this past year has seen unprecedented violence and conflict in our nation. And that too is spilled into the church. Brothers and sisters in Christ dividing along party lines, dividing along racial lines. This can't be what you want. We say we believe in one holy apostolic church, one holy apostolic and Catholic universal church. And yet we seem more divided than ever. And, law even, and Lord, even in your church, your law seems paralyzed. Habakkuk said the law is paralyzed and that, that justice is perverted. Even in the church where your law ought to matter most to us, where it ought to be a guide for what we do, Lord, it doesn't seem to work. We, 
we divide over how to even apply the law, how to even uh, uh, let it rule over us. And justice, is it justice when we judge our brother and sister without understanding them? When we gossip about them without hearing from them? When we make decisions about their motives without understanding them? How is that just? Even in your church, we are so fallen and so broken. How long, O oh Lord? Should I not bring this to you? Habakkuk brought it to you. He came to you with his concerns. Should I not do so? Is it that you're, you're too busy? Are you overwhelmed, Lord? Is it that you don't care? But I don't believe that you don't care, and I don't believe you're overwhelmed. I don't believe I can handle this on my own, so how long before you'll intervene and show me that you're there and act? I get what Habakkuk prays. I get his, his complaint here. So, like Habakkuk, though I come to you trusting you, let me see what you said to him. Perhaps it'll speak also to me. Look at the nations. Watch and be utterly amazed. I am doing a work in your lifetime, Habakkuk, that you would not believe even if you were told. I am raising up the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings, not their own. I wonder if Habakkuk remembered the time of Joshua when you promised to his, those people that you would give them dwellings, not their own. I'm, I'm sure he did. The Babylonians are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Lord, I don't know what Habakkuk thought at that point, but a law to themselves? How does that solve the problem of the law being paralyzed among your people? I'll continue. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at their rulers. They laugh at all the fortified cities. By building earthen ramps, they capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty people whose strength is their God. Father, I come to the book of Habakkuk because I was told that it addressed this question of evil among your people. But rather than comfort, I, I, I find Babylonians. I don't see how that's comforting. Are you going to send something like that to us today? Is this why we're, we're seeing the tension with China? Are you going to raise up the Chinese like you raised up the Babylonians? Are they going to be the horde from the east that conquers your people? It doesn't seem right. We've got problems in the church, Lord, but we don't kill pastors and missionaries like they do. How could you bring somebody like them in? I'm sure that's not what you have going on. Probably Habakkuk had a more spiritual response to this, so let's look back. Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One. You will never die. You, Lord, have appointed the Babylonians to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Yeah, he is 
more spiritual than I am, Lord. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? Amen. You have made people like the fish in the sea, like the sea creatures that have no ruler. The wicked foe pulls all of them up with hooks. He catches them in his net. He gathers them up in his dragnet. And so he rejoices and is glad. Therefore, he sacrifices to his net and burns incense to his dragnet. For by his net, he lives in luxury and enjoys the choicest food. Is he to keep on emptying his net? Destroying nations without mercy? I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what you will say to me, God, and what, I, what answer I am to give to this complaint. I guess Habakkuk's response was not that much more spiritual than mine, Lord. And I don't understand how he's not right. It makes no sense. Your holiness is stressed throughout all the scriptures. Habakkuk talks about your holiness, and yet, and yet you're going to use evil to fix evil? How is that sensible? How is that what we should expect? And if that was your plan back then, is that your plan again today? Would you actually bring something evil against your own people in order to correct the evil among us? I pray, Lord, that you'll fix the church in some other way. Don't let this be the way. I came to Habakkuk, Lord, to understand because I was told that he would help me deal with these situations that are dark and difficult. I'll follow his lead. I'll stand at my watch. I'll place myself upon the rampart. I will look to see what you will say to me through your words that you said to him. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. He told Habakkuk to write it down. That explains how we got this. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false, though it linger. Wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Is that really all that it is, Lord, is a question of timing? It's just a matter of waiting for you? I mean, that's important. We've got to accept your timing in these things. But that really doesn't answer Habakkuk's question. It doesn't answer mine. Why is there so much evil? Why is there so much darkness? Why is there so much that seems to be just happening without you doing anything? Why on earth would you bring the Babylonians to fix it? Sorry, I'll continue. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. That sounds familiar, Lord. The righteous person shall live by his faithfulness. I think I learned that in King James. The just shall live by faith. It's not exactly the same, but they're pretty close, Lord. The just shall live by faith. The righteous person will live by his faithfulness. But I don't see how that's helpful, Lord. 
Faith is my whole problem. That's why I'm here before you right now. Because I'm doubting. Telling me to live by faith. How does that help when it's my faith that got me in this place in the first got me here in the first place? What's happening all around is unbelievable, which is why my faith is shaken. It seems to be why Habakkuk's faith was shaken. How can these things be happening to the church? To the church back then. Oh, it's tempting to apply this to the to our nation, but but this is really not a nation in the modern sense. This was your people, your church. And confusing things were happening. Why? Why are they happening? Come to think of it, Lord, why do I even know this verse? It's not like I'm steeped in the book of Habakkuk. It's not like I'm conversant with the prophet. How do I know this? Cross-references. It's quoted in the New Testament three times, Lord. That's probably how I know it. Where is it? Hebrews 10. Slip over there. Hebrews 10. Verse 37. I'm going to back up. Good Lord, I don't like to jump in the middle. Verse 36. For you have need of endurance. That's the truth. That's why I'm here, Lord. You have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may, when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Lord, how can that be? Wait a second. That's salvation by works. When I've done the will of God, then I can receive what is promised? Lord, what's going on? Another footnote, Galatians 3. Let's flip over there, Lord. What's going on in Galatians 3? For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. There it is. There's that quote. But the law is not of faith. What's going on, Lord? Hebrews says we've got to do the will of God to receive what is promised. Galatians says, they both quote the same Habakkuk. Galatians says that we cannot possibly do all the things in the law and not be justified by them. Keep reading in Hebrews. For yet a little while, and the coming one will not, and the coming one will come and will not delay. There's that timing thing you said to Habakkuk. But my righteous one shall live by faith. There's Habakkuk 2.4. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Lord, how can that be? We all shrink back. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Lord, I look at the next section... It lists people that I can never be among. I can never be like Noah or Abraham or Abel or Enoch or David or Samson or Samuel or any of the others listed there in Hebrews 11. Why show them to me? I don't have that kind of faith. I'm confused, Lord. You said here in in the end of Hebrews 10... That when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. But 
But these people didn't do your will, at least not completely. Galatians says that if we're going to live by the law, we have to obey all the things. They didn't obey all the things. I look down the list. I see Noah. He got drunk, and it led to all kinds of problems. I see Abraham. He prostituted his wife to Pharaoh to save his own neck. Sarah herself, she laughed when the promise came. Jacob, he's conniving and deceptive and deceitful, and he's a coward to boot. Okay, Moses, he's a pretty good guy. But even he lost his temper. David, adulterer, murderer, polygamist, terrible father. How can it be that these are people of faith when you just said we have to do your will to receive what is promised? How can this be what you mean? I'm so confused, Lord. Help me understand. Habakkuk gives one other reference. Romans, there it is. Romans 1, verse 17. It jumps in the middle, so I'll go back to verse 16, Lord. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Of course, believing is my problem right now. To the Jew first and also to the Greek, For in it, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. There's the quote from Habakkuk, Lord. From faith to faith. What does that mean? What do you have going on there? I don't understand what that's about. And how does it help my faith to be told that I've got to live by faith? What did you have for Habakkuk? A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and His praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from His hand where His power was hidden. Plague went before Him. Sounds familiar, Lord. Pestilence followed His steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled and the age-old hills collapsed, but he marches on forever. Hmm. I'm so worried about these problems that I've forgotten. There have been problems in the past. It didn't stop you from doing what you were going to do. The difficulties of the centuries before didn't keep you from enacting your will. I'm sorry, I probably should have realized that. Habakkuk was right to remember 
all that had gone before, all the ways that you had caused mountains to tremble, to put it in the New Testament language, thrown mountains into the sea by faith. You do march on forever. Hmm. I saw the, the tents of Kushan in distress, the dwellings of Midian in anguish. Were you angry with the rivers, Lord? Was your wrath against the streams? Did you rage against the sea when you rode your horses and your chariots to victory? You uncovered your bow. You called for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. Torrents of water swept by. The deep roared and lifted its waves on high. Sun and moon stood still in the heavens at the glint of your flying arrows, at the lightning of your flashing Spear. In wrath you strode through the earth, and in anger you threshed the nations. I've forgotten, Lord, that any indignation I have at sin pales compared to your holiness, your indignation towards sin. You came out to deliver your people, to save your anointed one. To save your anointed one. My Hebrew serves, that's Messiah, anointed one. You came out to save the Messiah. You came out to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. Hmm. He will strike your heel, but you will crush his head. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. You stripped from him head to foot. You stripped him from head to foot. With his own spear, you pierced his head. There it is again, Lord. He will strike your heel, but you will crush his head. When his warriors stormed out to scatter us, gloating as though about to devour the wretched who were in hiding, you trampled the sea with your horses, churning the great waters. I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Bacchus, right, Lord. You have always proven faithful. You have always delivered your people. You have always risen up. How could I doubt that? How could I forget that? You do the saving, not me. For it is by grace I have been saved. For it is by grace I have been saved. You and your grace saved me. For it is by grace I have been saved through faith. It's not by my faith, but through my faith, Lord. What a good thing when my faith is waning. It is by grace I have been saved. Through faith, and that is not of myself, it is a gift from you, God. Faith is your gift to us. Hmm. Going on with Habakkuk. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls, 
Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Lord, doesn't really matter, does it? doesn't matter if my faith is shaken because it's not my faith that saves. It's you that saves. It's what you have done. And to your elect, you've always given faith. On the Saturday morning after the crucifixion, I'm going to guess there wasn't a lot of faith to go around. But it didn't keep you from raising your Messiah. It didn't keep you from saving your anointed one. The disciples' lack of faith didn't keep you from using them. You raised Christ and then instilled faith in them so they could do your work. Maybe that's what Paul meant in Romans, from faith to faith. They didn't have much faith, but they had enough to at least go to the tomb and still say we love Jesus. And in going there, you restored in them faith. Maybe that's why this translation in Habakkuk says it the way it does. The righteous one will live by his faithfulness. Just doing what we're supposed to do, is that what it comes down to? Just going to church, even when I doubt? Turning to your word, getting on my knees and praying, even when I'm not sure? I have heard those called the means of grace, Lord, and if it's grace that saves us, then maybe those are the things that you use to rebuild my faith when it's shaken. Maybe the point here is Habakkuk just realized he needed to quit complaining and just continue doing what you called him to do. Go to temple, make a sacrifice, trust in you. Lord, I know that my good deeds are supposed to flow out of what you've done in me. Yet I guess there's a reality to which you do take these outward things and change my inward self. Maybe it's just in the faithfulness of just doing what you've said. Reading your word, praying, going to church, being encouraged by your people, going to the Lord's table, being reminded of what Christ has done for us. In the midst of these dark times, Maybe that's all there is to it. You're going to get us through. You provided these things. I'm looking for something bigger and something grand and something spectacular. And yet, Lord, the righteous shall live by their faithfulness. Hmm. Rebuild my faith, Lord, through the means that you've provided, through prayer, through time spent in your word, through this wonderful psalm I see here in Habakkuk, through your table, all of these things, your word that reminds me of Jesus dying for me, your table that reminds me of the accomplished work of Jesus, that reminds me that you saved in him, and that's a sure historical fact regardless of how I feel about it, regardless of where my faith stands in the moment. It's a dark time, Lord. 
a difficult time. And I'm glad you brought me to Habakkuk. I'm glad you showed me that even the prophets doubt and have fears. That you worked, you restored Habakkuk's faith. Outward things by themselves have no meaning, but used by you among your elect, used by you among the people you love, they establish the faith by which Christ is made real to us, by which we are united to him. Hmm. See why Habakkuk closed the way he did, Lord. The sovereign Lord is my strength, not my faith. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, not my confidence. He enables me to tread on the heights. I'll never lift myself to those places, Lord, but you have. Remind me of the finished real, historical work of Christ. So that when my faith wanes, I know that he has not and will not. I guess I'm reminded of what Paul said. Having done that, will you not surely bring to completion the good work you've begun in us? Why would you sacrifice your son and kill him for me, but then not bring me home? Sorry for my doubts. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your people. Thank you most of all for the surety we have in Jesus Christ. I lift all of this up as a prayer in his name. Amen.